G'day listeners, you're back with the basketball blokes, dribbling all things Aussie hoops, NBL and NBL fantasy. This week we'll be doing previews on the Cairns and Brisbane basketball teams, but first, as always, here's the news. And I guess the big announcement over the last couple of days has been the amended schedule being announced with times. And uh, Benny, what, what can you tell me about that? Well, through the week, I was uh, glad to be added to both the Adelaide 36ers and the Perth Wildcat Facebook fan pages. So thanks very much for the ad guys and the likes on the page. Um, but I did notice that this topic did come up. So uh, I've got some comments here from the Adelaide page. So there's, they've said that I've just looked at the game times and every Saturday home game until Christmas is scheduled till 2 p.m. WTF. I'm not too sure what that means, guys. Uh, <laughs> not good for anyone who has to work Saturdays or plays Saturday sport. And very similar sort of feeling on the Perth Wildcats page. So um, the post I read here was, I hate to say, folks, but the schedule for the 2019 season is officially ridiculous. Uh, it's 100% tailored to suit the Eastern States, states even. And... Uh, Basically, he's saying that it's very hard to believe, um, and he wants the club to do something about it. But, uh, yeah, so I guess um, you've got to feel for the teams that aren't on the Eastern States, um, and, yeah, it must be pretty hard for those guys to attend the games. Yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, obviously there's a point for them having the early games with their afternoon games on a Saturday and Sunday on Channel 9 Go, or now, or whichever one it's going to be on. Um <clears throat> but as they say, it's it's obviously going to have a huge effect on the guys and girls out west and out in the central districts, being Adelaide, that um, obviously do have other things on, and but still want to get to games on the weekends. So, and it was announced through the week that the Foxtel rights have continued on. They're going to be showing every game as well. So perhaps, as we know, with the the schedule. Only, I don't know if they're going to show it on multiple channels or not. That could probably be a solution. Um, but it's a shame for those guys that aren't in the yeah. eastern states. Yeah, I'm having a quick look at it. There's um, So, yes, Fox Elwood will be showing every game live again, is it, according to the broadcast schedule on the schedule that the NBL's put out, I guess. And there's no games that are on the same time, I don't think. I'm having a quick look, unless my eyes are deceiving me. Um, so, I think... Uh, for us, uh, you know, fantasy fans, etc., that like to watch most games, um, will be fine if you've got Foxtel, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these comments are basically saying that they expect attendances to be way down, so um, let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope, let's hope not. And Perth have the biggest, you know, they've got the highest average on there in the league. That's and right, broke the record them. last year, Matty. That's they? right. Correct. But yeah, um, yeah, so I think hopefully that continues, but obviously they might see a little bit of a down, down, uh, downward trend, but who knows? Um, and I guess the other news that's happened in the last couple of days, we've had a couple of Boomers games. So on late Thursday night, early Friday morning, however you want to look at it, we had uh, the Boomers taking on Qatar, and they uh, the Boomers were uh, winners there, 95-43. to 43. Top scorer was Wagstaff, uh, followed by Drimmick and Nick Kay. Um, and then uh, yesterday evening, we had our game back over here in Bendigo Stadium, and Australia, the Boomers had a win there, 94-41. to 
and the top scorers there were uh, Mitch McCarron and Soby, both on 15 points, followed by DJ, who obviously got the call up late with what happened a couple of months ago against the Gillers. Um, so he's put in a couple of good performances there, DJ, as well. But the biggest news to come out of the couple of Boomers games is a couple of key injuries. Banksy. Yeah, and it's the big men. Um, there's three to discuss here. So last night's game, we saw two bigs go down, um, both big Gus Brandt and Hodgson as well. Um, Brandt's looked pretty ordinary, if you saw it on the stream. Um, his ankle was more or less at right angles there. Um, Perth haven't given us too much information, but apparently his ankle did swell heavily overnight. Um, he was set to have some scans today. Um, they haven't given us any more information, but look, you guys obviously saw the game. Didn't look great no, at all. Didn't look flash, and uh, I'd say he's going to be out for a little while, which uh, brings a question, who, who takes his minutes? And yeah, I guess we mentioned this last week in our Perth Wildcats preview. Make sure you guys have a listen. Um, but Tommy Jarvis, um, just his points per minute. Uh, what was it, about 14 minutes he played? 14 and 16. Yeah, okay. 14 and 16, ridiculous numbers in his limited game time. So um, potentially makes uh, him a big watch from a fantasy perspective going into the season. And I think the other one's Nick Kay. He ripped it up in a couple of Boomers games. I thought he was probably the best over the two games, all in all. And you said Wagstaff top scored in one of the games as well? Yeah, Wagstaff, Wagstaff top scored in the first game against Qatar and then was sent home or sent out off the team with uh, CG43 coming in for the second game, which apparently was always the plan, but um, okay. pretty, pretty rough to top score and then get dropped. But Yeah, well, I know we did say that those four was the best four-man big rotation in the league, so <coughs> yep. take one out. I guess it's a boost to the remaining three, so mm-hmm. uh, definitely keep an eye out on the injury news. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. I remember a couple of weeks out, at least for the season, so... Um, yeah, he might get back in time, I guess, but it looks pretty bad. And I think uh, Waxy Walker, which we'll talk about later, at Kansas, he's got an ankle at the moment. It's six to eight weeks or something along those lines. So those sort of things can take a little while. Yeah. What so, else did you have, Banksy? Look, just keep an eye out on the blitz. So we'll get a bit of an indication of where those minutes are going to go with Brand obviously certainly not going to make an appearance at the blitz. Um, the other one was Hodgson. So he tweaked a calf, uh, went down to the rooms at halftime, didn't see him again. Um, we'll chat about him a bit later on, uh, but definitely fantasy implications there as well. Yep. One we haven't touched on, Josh Boone. <gasps> Booney, no. So um, he's already been ruled out of the blitz with a hamstring. Um, we haven't got the information as to how bad that hammy is, but look, they're what, normally four to six weeks as a minimum. It's a pretty big hamstring. So, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it is. Who knows um, the recovery. It's like Sanderlands and his turf toe. That's it's it. like the giant toe, so it makes him stay out for a season with it. You know? <laughs> so he's been ruled out of the Blitz. Um, his status is uncertain for the NBA versus NBL series. He won't play. It's um, next week. It's you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think so. So, look, keep an eye out, but he seems an uncertain starter for the season. Um, again, fantasy implications. Keep an eye on Pledger. Pledger. Um, how he goes in the blitz because at this stage, to me, it doesn't look like Boone's going to be a starter for the season opener. Yeah, Pledger, Trist, even the old young man Barlow. See how many minutes those guys are getting in the blitz, and we'll see. We go. We're going to know more about every team after the blitz this weekend. Let's be honest. So yeah, um, but Melbourne did have that good fantasy-friendly schedule to start, so definitely a big focus on them. Agree. All right, now it's time for our uh, preview of the Cairns type ends. Yeah, boy. 
right, so starting off with the Cairns Taipans in our season previews for this week's podcast. So Cairns had massive turnover in the off-season. So in the outs, they had McCarran is gone, Glidden gone, Scoochie Smith gone, Nana Igwu gone, Stephen Way retired, uh, Jared Weeks and Damien Herg all, are both gone as well. Massive turnover. <clears throat> yeah, so that's going to obviously have a big effect on them. Um, but... Some big ins as well. So they've got uh, Devin Hall come in. They've got DJ Newble coming across from NZ. They've got Mello Trimble, another import. They've got the three guys across from the Perth team. So you've got Conrad Drew, uh, Jared Kenny, and uh, Lucas Walker. And then also Rob Lowe across from New Zealand. Um, and we've tried to put this into, I guess, a bit of a depth chart for you guys. So um, I think uh, the starters at point guard, we think Mello Trimble... Um, two guard, we've got DJ Newbill. Uh, small forward, we've got uh, Devon Hall. Power forward, we've got, uh, he's still there, Alex Loughton. And at centre, we've got, we think, Rob Lowe. Um, but uh, probably some competition from Nature Y uh, at that position. Um, and with probably uh, Walker and Kernich as being sort of the main rotation players. Um, and Kenny, Jared Kenny will come off and put, put some minutes in that. Guard rotation too, I think. Yep. Um, so I think, guys, it'd be a good start to, I guess, look at the contentious sort of starting roles and, uh, I guess, the competition for spots. And I think that centre spot is probably the main, I guess, uh, contentious spot. Yeah, I think it could be either of the two guys, to be honest. Um, and in the couple of games we saw uh, that they played pre-season-wise, I mean, in the first one you had... Rob Lowe playing 25 minutes and only uh, Jawai playing 14-ish, 15-ish. And then, but then there's obviously Lowe's been on New Zealand uh, duties over the last couple of weeks uh, also. So in the second game, he didn't play at all and you had um, Jawai taking all the minutes there in that second game. So um, it's going to be... I reckon it's going to be down to the blitz. You're going to have to watch and watch and see what happens next, this weekend. And Jawai's problem is he can't stay healthy. That's his problem. Yep. So if he goes down again, that's when you've got to have a look at Rob Lowe. Um, but look, just in the preseason, Jaiwai has shown what he can already do. He scored 16 points, six boards in 23 minutes in their preseason game. Um, but look at last season. Again, we're looking at another big ravage by injury, which is the trend this week from our news. Um, he averaged five points, two boards in just 13 minutes last season, and that was mainly due to the injury. Yeah, only seven games. In the sample size. Well, that's right, and that's what we saw last year. Nana Igwu come on and be almost like a fantasy. Um, not, I wouldn't say star, but yeah, I mean, I had, him, I had him as my bench center for a lot of the season for the season game last year because he was playing solid minutes and getting his rebounds and getting some points and you know. And when we look back, when obviously Jaiwa was young, he was healthy. His first season with Cairns was actually back in 2017 before he stint in the NBA. He actually averaged over the season 17 points and 9 boards. We're not obviously going to expect that from him if he can stay healthy, but... 2007, was that, Matty? It was. Not 17? <laughs> no. <laughs> he no. did average 17, like you say. So I think what we're looking for is can our centres be a, any chance of a double-double threat? So not last year, but the year prior, he did average that 10 points. Um, he only averaged 4 boards that season, but potentially, you know, if he can get back to that 10-point average... You might jag the occasional 10-rebound game, which is, you know, 
so important in fantasy. So once again, probably going to come down if we're going to talk fantasy about what his price is and what it ends up being and, and working out because we don't know yet, and so and yeah. we don't know whether he's going to how many minutes he's going to get either. So I think he's one to wait and see. I wouldn't yeah. be, he's not a lock for me, I don't think, and I'm guessing you guys are the same, shaking heads. Yeah, five points and two boards is what he should be priced at. Exactly. Should be really tempting. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> what, what else we got? The other starters to of note, I, I guess the biggest one name-wise is Devin Hall coming across. Obviously, this guy has been drafted uh, in the second round of the NBA draft a couple of months ago now and played a bit of summer league, didn't uh, get a formal spot over there on a, on a side, so he's um, come over here now in his senior years, averaged almost 12 points a game, four rebounds and three assists, so he's a bit of an all-rounder, and shooting uh, at 44% from the three-point line as well, so um, I think Cairns have brought him in as a shooter, is that right, Banksy? That's it. Um, so Mike Kelly, the head coach for the Taipans, when they w- went after Devon Hall, um, what they were looking for is someone that had that shooting accuracy as an outside shooter. I'm the shooter, I'm the shooter. Um, but who didn't drop off on the defensive end? Um, and he believes with Devon Hall, they won't have that trade-off with him. So he can defend. Um, he's an excellent outside shooter. That's his strength. He's an excellent catch-and-shoot shooter. Um, he knocked down 57 threes at a 43% clip as a senior. Um, but what... I guess the Cairns coach is referring to, he actually spent five years with one of the best defensive college coaches um, in the state, in America. Um, So he believes that's one of his strengths. Um, Doing a bit of scouting on Devon Hall, I guess his weakness is he's not a great isolation player. He's not fantastic on the pick and roll. He actually only made 56.5% of his shots at the rim last season, which is pretty average, finishing at the rim. So I think from a fantasy relevance... He's going to be very reliant on his shot dropping um, and picking up those steals and blocks um, as opposed to other stats there. He's not really a ball handler. Um, in his one-point loss preseason game against United, to give us a bit of an indication, he scored 11 points, four boards and four assists, which isn't bad in the other areas. Um, but I think his score was heavily reliant. He hit three three-pointers over 32 minutes. I think um, he's one to sort of watch as the season progresses because even in the pr- other previous preseason they game there, he had uh, four rebounds and three assists too. So, like, he's obviously going to get that sort of average sort of baseline. So it's going to depend on how much his price is and whether he's worth having there and stashing him on the bench for double games, double weeks and all that sort of stuff maybe. Um, but in saying that, yeah, he's a, he looks sounds like he's a pure shooter, but I, I think he kind of matches the other two guys they have got, the other two imports. So Mala Trimble is a driving point guard um, in the game that I saw against Melbourne he was driving to the hoop and putting up you know nice little plays and nice little um, layups so and also um, DJ Newball does that as well as shoot the ball as well so um, I think they kind of gel quite nicely and I think with um, Newbill's frame he's actually not too bad in the ISO game as well no. so um, it seems like I guess you've got some complimentary guards and what do you think about having these imports in these spots? I'm a big fan, traditionally, of having import guards in the league. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's good, unless you have a, a jet like a Boone or or whatever as a tool. Um, obviously, we've seen in the last couple of years, it's you've got to have a small forward and you've got to have a, that's a guard like a Bryce Cotton or whatever that are running amok. So that's sort of the template that most teams are going for. And look, when you're researching cans, they're the... The big unknown with them is they've had such a turnover of their roster 
that for me, when I'm researching cans and looking at who's fantasy relevant, it's these imports. Yeah. Um, we've already seen in the preseason games, if you watch some of the highlights, all the players are run through these imports. Um, I do like more so the look of Tremble from a fantasy perspective as opposed to, to Devon Hall. Um, he's the same age, so he's 23 years old, but he's a point guard. He's a much more of a playmaker than Hall. Um, I guess if we want to look at Trimble's character, knowing we don't have much information around him at the moment, um, I don't know if you guys have seen, he's got a massive tattoo on his back of his own surname. Does that mean he's got tickets on himself? I'm not too sure. Um, with his... confidence. <laughs> exactly, you need it in this league. So, a um, bit of information on Trimble. He's actually tried out for nine NBA teams already. Um, he played summer league games for several of them. Um, more recently, though, he averaged 16 points, five boards, and three assists in the G League. I guess with Cairns, so they've taken Trimble to actually lead their team, and the coach has been quoted as saying so. Um, he said, you know, Trimble will also benefit from the CQ University sports science arrangement that they have. So Trimble's come over, they want to help develop his game, get his body to the next level with the aim of getting him back to the NBA next season as well. That's his end goal. Um, and look, the one-point preseason loss to the United shows you that he scored 19 points, six assists and two boards. So I think he does have more fantasy potential than Hall. Um, Boydie, you saw it firsthand, and I think what you indicated off the podcast, what you think Trimble wasn't actually putting in the effort that you would have liked to see, and yet he still scored 19 points and six assists. Yeah, I think so. I think there were certain times when he, he didn't look like he was, whether he wasn't getting involved in that play, whether it was a, a, a design play with him not, you know, almost being a decoy guy, I'm not too sure. But um, but I think he still had a pretty good game, and and won't hold it against him or anything, but um, I think he's, he's a wait and watch for me, um, just to see if he carries on that against the better performing point guards and that sort of stuff in the league once it's once it's the real stuff. And I guess what I took from what you said as well, if you didn't really see the effort there and he's still going to go out and knock down 19 points, six boards, two, assi- two assists, um, then what can he do if he does show that effort? That's right. He might have a game where he doesn't show effort and has two points and no assists, so you never know. But yeah, yeah. It's clear we're dealing with, with a, a fringe NBA talent, so yeah. um, you know, it's pretty exciting. Got the talent, just needs to have a crack. Get him on that watch list. Um, so the other one we've seen is obviously New Bill. We've seen him before uh, in that, uh, I guess, two-man fantasy-relevant team. Or would you say that about the Breakers last year? Sort of dominated by Sosa um, and New Bill, in my opinion. Um, seems like he might have to do a bit more sharing this year. We think he'll probably be priced uh, based on last season as well. Matty, have you got any notes on DJ? I do. So out of the three imports, he was the one they signed first. Um, what they were looking for is someone that could score but also involve his teammates. Um, he showed that last season. Um, he plays hard on defense. What they do like is he's someone that likes the big moment. So Coach Kelly said he is the type of player that they're wanting that can take that big shot. So, I don't know. Will Newball sort of be handed the keys as being the one um, when the game's on the line for the Taipans? Um, I think so. I think he's got that experience as well, which is going to make him that more, you know, responsible player rather than the Trimble and Hall, which are the younger guys that are going to have. They got they got the game, they got the skills, but they just maybe a little bit more experience in that harder sort of hard nosed sort of basketball. So yeah, so you'd expect he's a bit more seasoned after his last season in the league. Um, in that game against United, he had eighteen points, four assists, three boards. So 
as we can see just from looking at the three imports as you can see it seems to be a little bit of an even spread um, although I'm still liking personally the likes of um, Newbill and Trimble as opposed to Hall being a little bit one dimensional in fantasy for me for fantasy wise don't discount Lucas Walker when he comes back I think I mean he, he's arguably gone to a maybe weaker side this year from Perth um, and you, you, we all know the year he had last year and if you didn't have him then you probably weren't up the top somewhere um, so I think he's probably one to keep an eye on obviously he's out at the moment six to eight week injury but they're saying he should be back for the start of the NBL season so it's sort of a bit of a watch and see for that one but yeah I think Waxy was fantastic last year bargain basement price um, seriously outperformed his price um, uh, looking at Waxy last year averaged the ninth um, highest amount of rebounds in the league um, given that Cairns looking at their big situation we've got Jawai who you know we don't know about his health uh, Rob Lowe, who averaged, um, well, he seems more of a, a perimeter big. We sort of played that role last season. And Alex Loughton, who averaged under four rebounds a game. Um, there should hopefully be uh, a big role on the boards for Waxy to rack them up. You guys have said it a couple of times. Joe is fit at the moment. It's just a matter if he can stay fit. I mean, he looked good at the start of last year as well, and then he ended up getting injured during the season that... So, you know, it's just a wait and see with him. But uh, hopefully, we hope for the best because uh, watching that game last week against the um, against Melbourne, he's just a beast down low. He's just a player you want to you want to watch him play. Yeah. He, is, he is baby Shaq. Baby you know? Shaq, that's it, it. It brings back memories of watching Shaq when he was at the Magic. That, yeah. That time, you know, a long time ago. But that sort of beast down low and just pushes his way through things but does it properly, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's just a good player to watch. Massive so. fan favourite, so... Yeah, that's right. for the league, he can stay healthy. Yeah, that's right. And I guess um, Cairns, is it the second worst schedule for fantasy? God damn, what's the plan? It's as poor a start to the season from fantasy as you'll see. Um, their schedule's as bad as the Kings um, with the, the start of the season. So only two doubles in the first seven rounds. Um, and look, they've got the worst fantasy schedule out of any team in the first 11 rounds. So... Yep. But then from there, it looks pretty good. Absolutely. Um, so best run home from round 12 onwards. So six doubles from the last seven rounds. So, yeah, absolutely going to want some of these Taipans on your team there. Including that last round, which is all the all-important last round, as we mm-hmm. saw last year. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's a, it's a terrible start. So I, I, I'm guessing most of the, if not all, the roster is going to be a wait and see and hopefully try and pick up some bargains along the way if they drop down or something along those lines. But... Yeah, and we don't know new coach, so we don't know what style of game they're going to play. So, um, obviously, you've seen one game, but hopefully, with some more players and more competition at the Blitz, we'll get a bit of better indication of that as well. I think that's perfect for us as fantasy coaches. They're one of the teams which have the biggest unknowns because of the roster turnover. So, it's going to give us a chance to see who is fantasy relevant by the time their good schedule in the back half of the season rolls around. We'll actually know who we should be getting into our teams. That's it. Sounds good. All right. Now it's time for our Brisbane season preview.
It's time to turn to the Brisbane Bullets team who are coming off two straight wooden spoons. Um, and I guess with the outs, when you think of the big two, the, it's not looking good for them straight away. So they've got Perrin Buford and Trice out. Uh, obviously, Buford left with a couple of games to go last season after a bit of a, well, if rumours are correct, a scuffle with Sam McKinnon in the training. Uh, training. Um, and Trice taking off and obviously having a crack to get in the NBA at the moment. Uh, Tom Jervis also left off to Perth and Mitch Young went across to the Cairns team who we just finished speaking about earlier in the, in the podcast. Um, but the ins are looking pretty good as well. Obviously you've got the big name there, Alonzo G, who come across, NBA experience, uh, looks like a gun. Um, I think he's just going to take off where Buford left off. Um, you've got Hodgson coming across from Adelaide, Glidden coming across from Cairns, Mika Vakona coming across from NZ, uh, Kadee coming across from Sydney, and the Japanese player Hijama, uh, who's come across as well. Um, starting five? Yeah, I guess probably a bit hard to work out a starting five and do a depth chart here because they do have, as you'll see, quite a few versatile players that can play taller um, I guess, uh, than the actual height. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, the point guards. Uh, we've got Steve Holt and Jason Kadee. Um, we've got uh, the rest. There'll be a bit of competition there. Uh, Cam Glidden, Alonzo G, Cam Bairstow and Matt Hodgson. Um, other key rotations, I guess, I just mentioned Kadee, uh, Gibson, Vakona and Ruben Tarangi. Um, and maybe uh, even Makoto. So Banksy, as our resident Cavs fan, what can you tell us about Alonzo? So my boy Alonzo G, very excited to see him play. Uh, hopefully we see him line up in the Blitz. A lot of experience that he's bringing to the league for us. So 400 plus NBA games, as Bordy said. He's played over six different NBA teams. Um, he is a former D-League rookie and all-star. Um, some of his best years in the NBA was mainly with the Cavs in that 2011-12 season. Um, averaged career-high 10.6 points and 5 boards per game. Um, now, the Bullets connection for him started the Nuggets. Um, so he was assigned to the Skyforce in the G League um, last season. He was actually playing alongside the former Bullet and now Denver Nugget, Tory Craig. Benny's boy, Craig. Um... The Bullets actually inquired about G joining the NBL squad with Craig, um, and he was basically able to give you know recommendations for both sides, and that was all positive. I've actually got a quote on that, Matty. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as mentioned, he did play in the league. Uh, G played in the G League, which I like. Um, so <laughs> he said that, uh, I like the vibe here already. It's a positive vibe, and everyone's been really welcoming. Tori told me only good things about the club and the league. Uh, that's one of the main reasons I decided to come over here. Uh, he said the Bullets was a great organisation with great coaching, so I'm excited to come and play. I heard it was a really good league, a tough league, very physical, and guys like Andrew Bogut along with a few others that I know from the NBA are down here playing, so I guess maybe just uh, that shows that having a big name like Bogut might be attracting these big imports like G. Sounds like it. Yeah, keep going, Matty. Save that. And look, hopefully it's a good omen. Um, so sort of to complete that Tory Craig connection with G, so he's actually selected number two as his playing number, um, which is the same number Craig wore in his MVP season for the Bullets. Mm. So he's superstitious? Mm, that... Hopefully it's a Didn't good omen. did Buford wear it as well last year? Oh, jeez, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> there goes that superstition. 
Look, to give you a bit of context with G and Craig as well. So G averaged just shy of 14 points, five rebounds, two assists over 28 games in the G League there. Um, contrasting that with Craig, he averaged 23 points a game and eight boards. Um, but look, I think the Bullets are going to need G scoring, especially after loss of Buford and Trice. And like Boyd said, I really think at this stage G is going to be a like-for-like replacement for Buford. Yeah, and maybe even a, a bit of an all-round all, all sort of improvement if based on the stats you've just put on there. So, um, Bairstow's the other interesting one for me. Um, obviously, year out of the game last year, being injured the whole year, um, and only, I think, 12 games the year before. Is that right, guys? Uh, yeah, so uh, I've got actually... He went 1 for 12, that's what we'll talk about later, but he played 13 games in that 2016-17 season. Uh, he averaged 12.8 points and 6.5 boards in that season um, before sustaining a knee injury and then copped another knee injury in the season later. So that's maybe where you're getting the 12 from, the 12, 12.8 points. There's some good averages though, so hopefully, um, and I mean, as an, as an Aussie Hoops fan, I want to I want to see him do well. Obviously, one of our players that's played a little bit of NBA, so... And look, it'll depend on what he's priced at, but you would think, like Benny said, he played 13 games after that season out of the game, but only six of those were started. Um, And that was in 20 minutes a game. So the reason for that is he had no pre-season and then he got injured again partway through that season as well. Now he's had a whole year out of the game. Um, But look, he's playing pre-season games. Uh, We saw him line up against the Taipans. (laughs) <laughs> it's not great like Benny said he only scored one from 12 but he's out there and he's getting a preseason in which he didn't do last season he didn't do the season before he scored in that preseason game seven points and seven boards in 20 minutes you know if he can get healthy um, especially if Hodgson is going to be out for a spell with his calf mm-hmm. injury you know if he's out there for 30 minutes those seven points those seven boards can turn into a double double over 30 minutes and that's where we're looking at value, and you think that he'd come at a discounted price. What you gotta do? Especially after a season out of the league last year. Yeah, no, and, and you just mentioned his name there. I had a big watch on Hodgson because I think coming across from Adelaide, this was going to be a make or break for him. I think he was going to be starting before the, he seems to have gone down in that injury last night in the Boomers game, but I think. Uh, all signs pointed to Hodgson uh, having a bit of a breakout, um, which is disappointing, but hopefully he can get back from that calf pretty quickly. He's got a couple of weeks before the season starts, so I'm hoping uh, he still might be one of the fantasy improvers. Yeah, so I guess that, if not though, that's going to put a big reliance on Bear Stoke because they're pretty thin in that position, but just back to that 1-12 shooting game, uh, there's a quote from Lamanis, uh, their coach. Um, he said, to see Bear on court playing, it's been a long road back for him, and there's all the confidence issues, as you can imagine, I guess, guys, that come along with uh, getting out on the court for the first time in a while. And to see him getting through the game uh, is really pleasing. So uh, I guess um, we got to, if we're looking back at what kind of talent this guy was, um, so he was drafted pick 49 in 2014. You know, I like to do this with the key players that have had uh, NBA uh, draft spots, but... Uh, one that was actually one pick after Lamar Patterson, who was the hot rumor as being that final Melbourne United import uh, for a while there before they signed DJ. Um, so he was actually drafted three picks after uh, another uh, Cav now Maddie uh, Jordan Clarkson. Um, so 
And on that, Maddie, did you know that Clarkson plays for the Philippines now? I've been surfing the whole wide web, man. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah, so he actually played last month that he dominated. Um, so I could only just imagine that if he was there for the Philippines Boomers game, you know, maybe the Gillers might not have gone through that disgusting behaviour, but uh, yeah. I don't think you can barrack for him anymore now, Matty, anyway. Oh, well, Clarkson uh, obviously likes it rough and tough if he's going to play over there. Um, anything else on Bairstow, or do you want to go back to Hodgson, because obviously that um, we've mentioned the ankle, so... Uh, I, need, uh, well, I guess what we've already said. Well, we've got some stats, like, if he does get right, guys, um, we're assuming we know his role last year, they played small a lot at Adelaide. Yep. Um, a lot of people had him on their bench instead of Humphreys as that backup centre spot. I know I did. Um, so he averaged 12.6 12 minutes a game and scored 4.5 points and 3.1 rebounds as what he averaged. So, I mean, if he can get in this role, looking at their roster and their depth, all of those numbers almost have to go up, right? I think it's a case of opportunity for Hodgson. Yeah. So he was on a lot of fantasy coaches' teams last season. He was sort of that value pick. So if you weren't going one of the big studs like Boone and you were going to go value at centre, then you had Hodgson. Um, and look, it wasn't the way to go in the end. And I think that was more with the rotation of Adelaide. They were more that run-and-gun team. Um, you know, Hodgson would you know start most games, but then they'd generally go small ball thereafter for the remainder of the game. Um they also had DJ sitting in there. It was all NBA. Yeah. Uh, NBL, sorry. But, um, yeah, so that was obviously a key point there. He was not the biggest big in town went out for Adelaide. So, um, whereas I think possibly, depending on how best they go, he could be the biggest big in town, but we'll have to wait and see. Yep, and I think it's with Hodgson, it's, as Benny said, it's about value. Um, he's always been someone we've looked at in pre-season over the last couple of years. But if this is anything to go by in their preseason game, this is what he can actually produce if he's given those minutes, which he wasn't getting at Adelaide. And I think he's more suited to the playing style of Brisbane. Um, so he pulled, he, he put up 14 points, four boards, and an important four steals in just 17 minutes. They're Jervis-like numbers for a preseason game. Um, but I just think that the Brisbane, Brisbane system is going to see more minutes, more opportunity for him, more suited to his playing style. Um, and look, to be honest, I don't think Brisbane have that depth with big men um, and look let's just hope that this calf complaint isn't going to be a long term injury for him yeah great so if he if he is out we probably see hopefully Touchwood Bearstow is fit probably moves to the, the centre and you might even see the likes of Fakona and Tarangi who are probably undersized to play power forward but you know these guys are very experienced very physical players that they can probably I guess, obviously, you'd like to have Bairstow and Hodgson there, but I think that potentially they could get the job done. They can handle it. They won't be able to handle the bigger guys like a Ty Wesley or whatever so much. Vakona probably can, but we're, we're, I keep thinking, like, when's age going to hit Vakona? Because I don't know how old he is now, but... And or foul trouble. Plus, plus 30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, foul trouble too might hurt him. Um, now, the other interesting battle for that one is the Kadi slash Steve Hall battle. How do you, what's your take on it, Benny? Now, I know, for me, I don't know if you're the same Banksy, um, Steve Holt is on my never again list. Never again. Uh, if so, I gave that guy one opportunity last season, I gave him five. He is never again for me. <laughs> um, and we've got uh, Kadi, obviously, 
should get increased opportunity, we think, this year. We've got, I mean, Brisbane have only played the one pre-season game so far, but they've also played some Boomers games. I know you checked those out. Boy. Yeah, so he's got uh, his stats for the Boomers games. I mean, just by watching the game, he, he's looked pretty good in both games, I think, for the Boomers. But um, stats-wise, uh, in 20 minutes, he had... Only four, the four assists and no points in the first game against Qatar, um, so not that good. But uh, the second game he had, again, 20 minutes, had six points, three rebounds and two assists. But, uh, you know, Boomers basketball is probably a different game to how the, the NBL plays. So I think I expect him to start at the point. I think that's probably the reason why he's gone there. Lamanis has and, and worded him up, and I think he's going to give him the opportunity. And But I think Steve Holt's going to play some minutes in that backup position. And don't underestimate... Gibbo either. I mean, he's been around forever, but and last year you saw him, you know, that almost a three guard rotation with Gibbo, Trice, and Steve Holt starting majority or playing majority of the minutes uh, in the backcourt. So I think we'll probably see something similar to that again. But um, but yeah, I think Cadiz the starter until he, you know, and, and see how he goes. I think he can put up some good numbers too. I think for Cadiz and whether his fantasy relevance is going to come down to role. Um, as a fantasy player, he's heavily reliant on his shot dropping. So we saw it last season in spades. So I'm the shooter, I'm the shooter. He either get hot, score 30, pump you out a, a good fantasy game. And look, that's the type of player you want in more the the, the day games um, where you want someone with that ceiling, which is great. But for a fantasy long season, you know, that's where he can put up those thinkers where he, he can't get his shot going and he only puts up seven to eight points and that's not what you want. You want that consistency there. Um, but I think when I talk about his role, so last season he was playing alongside Randall for a majority of the season. It was almost that six-man type of role, although he did get some of the starts as well. He did start 16 of the 28 games, um, but the games he didn't start, it was more that six-man role playing that guard rotation. Um, but look, he's not going to be playing alongside Randall. He's not going to be playing alongside Lish. Um, if he does get that starting gig over Holt, which I would suspect if I was to choose, um, will it give him that opportunity to increase his assists, become a bit more fantasy relevant instead of heavily relying on his shot dropping? Will he be given that responsibility of handling the ball? What do you think, Benny, out of this Kadee and Holt scenario? Oh, look, I'd definitely be starting Kadee. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I'm not touching Holt. So um, if... I, I think these guys will touch on the schedule later, but it's something we definitely want to be looking at. So um, there's going to have to be decisions made on this team. Um, another decision to be made, I know we rate this guy as a player, whether he's fantasy re- relevant or not, is Cam Glidden. Obviously he was, um, I guess, uh, the second string player behind McCarran, but they basically ran the show, those two. Um so I know he had a shocking start to the season last year. He only averaged eight points. Uh, I think it's uh, two boards and three assists for the first eight games. So first decent portion. Um, and the last eight, for the season, he boosted that up to 12, 3 and 3. But I think that especially with uh, uh, G and Kadi and um, hopefully some uh, big man presence, uh, health going well that... Uh, I don't think he's going to outdo his numbers from last year. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, again, like you mentioned at the start, I like him as a player and I like watching him play because when he's in form, he's, he's a good natural sort of basketball player, looking basketball player. Um, but I think it's a wait. It's definitely a wait and see and 
you know, they've got a good schedule early on, which we'll touch in a minute, but um, I think I wouldn't be taking a risk with him to begin with. But if you're a, if you're a Glidden lover... Take a chance on me, take a chance on me. Go for it. Haven't you know? I think he, there's there's some games there where he's going to have some big games, but it's whether he can do it on a consistent level, especially with um, G playing alongside him. So you just said he's a good-looking basketball player. So maybe you're a glitting lover, but just in another way. You just think he's a good-looking player, maybe. <laughs> good-looking basketball player. Oh, okay. The way he plays basketball is good-looking. <laughs> all right, all right. And I think for Glidden, he's just you know. He relies on his scoring just... He's in that same basket as uh, Kadee, I think. So he's been a consistent player over the last few seasons, but I don't think he has that high ceiling. Yes, he can bust out if he is hitting his shot, but again, he just doesn't pad enough of the other stats in other areas outside of shooting, I think, to be fantasy relevant. Um, look, I've, I think, just filtered down with my Brisbane fantasy relevant players as G... Um, almost a must-have with their schedule and a like-for-like replacement with for, for Buford. So he's the number one that I'm looking at from Brisbane. Um, Bears, though, for the reasons we've highlighted, he's certainly on my watch list. I think the value, if um, he gets a discount on his price because he missed last season and um, an injury-ravaged season prior to that, but as Benny said, we know what he's more than capable of. Um, will he have to play more minutes from the start of the season because of the injury to Hodgson? So that's a wait and see. Um, and look, I think really outside of that, the only other one for me is Hodgson. If uh, this calf injury is only minor, because of the value we've also highlighted that um, he could have coming into a, a different style roster. Yeah, I'm exactly the same, and I have those exact same points about all three, which is a bit scary because we'll probably end up having the same team like we discussed <laughs> last week. Hopefully not. I'll make sure we don't. And is the one we can agree on is that none of the three of us will have uh, Steve Holden on our team, Benny? Yeah, that's right. So I guess we're all in a bit of a consensus here on that. But so Cam Glidden, definitely from a basketball perspective, a great pickup. Um, I think uh, Brisbane can, well, we've discussed the top three teams, Sydney, Perth and Melbourne. Adelaide we're a bit shaky on. So I think that Brisbane could be, if they stay healthy on paper, they look like they could be a team to contend for that final spot. Um, so Glidden not fantasy relevant another player I just want to touch on who's not going to be fantasy relevant but it's an interesting story is Makoto Hejima so um, he played in the recent World Cup qualifier against uh, Delhi and a Thon Maker led team and they actually beat us um, in that game he had 6 points 8 boards, 6 assists and only the one turnover so very disciplined, it must be a thing with Japanese sport they all seem to be very disciplined um, so he averaged 16 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists during the Asian qualifiers. And interestingly, um, he'll be classified as a local player under the NBL's Asian player rules. So um, I've got a quote from Lamanis on this one, who obviously had to scout him. He goes, With the Boomers, Makoto was a player that we really focused on in our team scout and we knew we had to guard. Uh, Lamanis is excited about what he'll bring to the bullets, so he gives us great depth in guard positions. So... I guess we can already discuss mainly with Brisbane injuries. So whilst this guy won't probably have a big role to start off with, if the injury curse continues, we might see him play a role. So Well, that's right. Glidden's injured at the moment. I'm not sure whether he's going to be back. I don't think I've seen nothing on the timeline for him, but whether he's back for the start of the season, we might see Hajima early. Um, but we'll see. So I guess what we should probably look at next is the schedule. Um, and basically, you will want to start with some of these guys. So 
Very fantasy-friendly to start the season. Equal best four doubles in the first five rounds. So I think from what we've been through, the teams we've previewed already, you certainly want to be looking at Brisbane. You want to be looking at Adelaide. You want to be looking at Melbourne United players based on the schedule. God damn, what's the plan? Now, this is followed by a span of only one double over the next five weeks. So, again, good for fantasy because we know when we should have these guys. We know we should be dumping them for those following five weeks based on schedule. Um, they've got a very important double for them in round 11. So just like that round two, where there's only two teams with a double. So they'll share that double in round 11 um, with Adelaide. Um, so you'll need to be playing for that key round. Um, then they round out the season with three doubles from the last four rounds. So they're very fantasy relevant to start the season. They're very relevant for that key round 11, where you can definitely be making up ground or losing ground. Um, on the rest of the fantasy coaches as to how you plan for those key rounds where there's only two teams on the double. Um, and then again, they're going to be relevant in the back half of the season, particularly at the end where they've got the three doubles in the four rounds. And speaking of schedule and with the NBL Blitz this weekend and Banksy and myself heading up to Ballarat on the Saturday for the couple of sessions there. I just want to make it to the next old weekend. We thought we might look at the three teams with the most fantasy Relevant schedules to start the season, starting off with Adelaide, Benny. Uh, so yeah, they definitely have a great schedule. Um, the three, I guess, players that I'm looking forward to having a look at, uh, firstly Sobi, um, and how, uh, if you will get the start over De Leon. Um, next is Wiley, obviously seen him a lot in the pre-season, did a bit of a write-up on him, guys, check out the Facebook page. Uh, he actually liked it and uh, shared it, so thanks very much. Um, Wiley could also just be a fantasy dominant player, um, that NBA fringe talent. So, um, And the other one is Moore. Um, he could very well be handed the keys to this team and run the show, I think. Another fantasy relevant schedule to start off the year is the Brisbane team, Banksy. Yep, so I'll be heading up to the Blitz. Um, I'm going to be having a look at these Brisbane players and I guess what's on my watch list. I'm most excited to see G, um, but I think he's almost the given um, what I want to have a look at um, with my fantasy watch list is how Bearstow's moving, um, what sort of minutes is he going to play. I also want to have a look at um, the repercussions of the Hodgson injury, if that is long-term. So is that going to mean Bearstow starts at the five, which could mean more minutes, more rebounds? I think he will be of value. Um, and I also want to look, as Benny highlighted earlier, at that battle with the Kadi versus Holt. Who's actually going to be these starters? I think as we're moving closer and closer to the start of the season, um, the Blitz is actually going to show us what are the teams going to look like with their starting rosters um, going forward. And last of all, Melbourne United, which has another fantasy relevance start to the season for the schedule. Uh, so number one, I guess what we talked about in the news, Boone going down with it looks like a calf injury or hammy, hammy injury. So um, I think the battle there between uh, uh, Daniel Trist, who's coming in, and also Barlow and Pledger is going to be interesting to watch, see who picks up the minutes in Boone's absence. If he's away, well, he's going to be away this weekend, but if he carries over the start of the season, that'll be pretty important. I also want to have a good look at DJ Kennedy. haven't seen him in action as yet, but uh, big wraps on him coming in. Um, so let's hope that he takes off from where Prater left and, um, and improves even more than that. And then I think also the battle for minutes in the guard or um, guard and small forward rotation. So you've got McCarran, you've got Casper, you've got 
CG43, you've got DJ Kennedy now, you've got Hooley who always seems to be gets a few minutes as well, so I think that's going to be the no- another thing to watch. Um, and just a reminder, as uh, Banksy had the exclusive last uh, week's podcast, the NBL Fantasy game should be opening up uh, some stage uh, the week starting the 23rd, which will be Monday next week. Um, so hopefully after the Blitz weekend, everyone can jump on board, log in and get started and uh, have their tips for the start of the season. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast with the Cairns and Brisbane previews. Uh, we'll be waiting now until after the Blitz weekend to do our Illawarra and New Zealand previews because we actually haven't seen anything from New Zealand as yet, so they are the great unknown at this stage. Tune in next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.